What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. And today I'm back with another episode of the Fix My Diet series. And I think you guys are going to love this one. I appreciate the feedback from the first episode. So I wasn't really sure if this was going to be a recurring series. I kind of had a feeling that you guys were going to dig the first episode and literally hit publish and got like five DMs right off the bat, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for like the first 30 minutes of posting the episode to get you guys reaching out and saying that you enjoyed it was all the validation that I needed. So, I mean, I was going to do this anyway because I think it's beneficial, but uh, to get that feedback was much appreciated. So as always, if you enjoy this version, this episode of the Fix My Diet series, please hit me up and let me know just DM me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Um, this was cool just to see a different perspective. And I think that's why this series is going to be so valuable just to see the individual variance that exists and then how we approach things differently uh, from a personality perspective, from a compliance perspective, just like looking at all the different variables that come into play. Um, hopefully this will also be helpful. So enjoy the episode. All right, guys, I am back with another episode of the Fix My Diet series, and I have Linda, who is kind enough to volunteer to have me break down her nutrition and get a game plan in place. So first of all, Linda, thanks for joining me. Sure, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So we were chatting a little bit before I hit record and um, had a funny connection um, just to <laughs> kind of put things in perspective about how it's such a small world. We, um, you know, just uh, we're sharing. Um, talking about what Linda does for a living and how I have somebody in my life who actually works for the same company. So it's pretty, pretty ironic. Uh, so we're going to get into breaking down um, the nutrition protocol. And I want to start by getting a little bit of background information. Um, so if you can just tell me a little bit about your history with any sort of dieting as far back as you can remember, uh, what protocols you've tried, um, you know, anything related to nutrition, diet programs, anything like that. And then we'll just kind of um, go through previous attempts all the way through current. Okay. Um, so I had gone through um, a few different Facebook groups um, one was a bite nutrition group and we didn't really sit down and talk about macros, but they did talk about lifestyles and, um, they did offer coaching, but it was something that I didn't opt for at that time. Um, I've done, I've tried keto and that just really didn't fit for me because I don't, I really don't like high fat foods. Um, but I thought what the heck I would give it a whirl. Um, that really didn't work at all. Um, I had been and am currently doing intermittent fasting where I um, put my food intake within an eight-hour window max. I really like that. Um, I like the feeling of running empty in the morning. Um, I am a type 1 diabetic, so I do have some insulin spikes here and there that I have to, or some glucose spikes that I have to deal with, with uh, my short-acting insulin when I do that because your liver will self-feed if you starve it. Um, so that may or may not be a little counterproductive. Um, and I've done just plain macro where macro counting, where you get into my fitness pal and you log your fats, your proteins and your carbs, and you set your windows based on your goals or um, what your TEEs are. Um, and that's my most recent adult 
um, nutritional. All right. Gamut. Awesome. So I want to break this down because I think it's important for everybody to understand, um, especially with keto. How, first of all, how long did you try keto for? It was only about three weeks. Okay. Yeah. And so um, typically what we see is that keto, and there's nothing inherently wrong with keto, but I think what you mentioned is important that you kind of don't have that personal preference towards high fat foods. And that's something that's often so overlooked when we're talking about dietary prescription is what do you actually enjoy eating? So sometimes we get caught up in, oh, what's the best diet? And we forget to actually look internally as to what do we actually enjoy eating, which is going to make whatever dietary protocol we're on more sustainable. So for you to be able to see like, you know what? I don't actually like eating really high fat foods. Um, keto, obviously not the best fit. And I think um, ultimately, we typically find that it's very hard to sustain for a long period of time. I've, I've had clients who have done it for short periods of time to, you know, with some degree of success, but um, ultimately, as a lifelong solution, it's pretty hard to uh, never eat carbs and to, you know, and it kind of sets up this pattern where um, we're, you know, we're strict and rigid for a period of time and then we indulge and have some carbs and then we feel like a failure. So we think we need to restrict further and it can create this kind of rinse and repeat cycle that's, uh, you know, uh, not the best pattern to, to be caught up in. And um, so I think that for you to recognize that your personal preference didn't align with keto is, is great. Um, as far as the macro counting, what were you using to set your targets? Was it something that my fitness pal was just recommending that you eat and you were kind of following those numbers or did you have some form of like calculator or somebody um, that was providing a prescription for you? I actually had a, um, somebody provide a count for me. It was like 157 grams of protein, 75 grams of fat and um, they wanted me at around 100 grams of carbs. Okay. Um, and is that something that you're currently doing or was that a previous? No, that was what I had previously done. Okay. And I was doing, I was doing it really um, dedicated. And then I just found they changed my fitness pal. And it, for me, when they put in the premium, my, my premium, my fitness pal option, um, for some reason, it seemed like the basic plan changed and wasn't quite as user friendly, at least from my perspective. And I found it very difficult and frustrating to keep up on it. So yeah. I just stopped. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And how were you feeling when you were staying consistent with those macros? Um, oh, I was amazing. I had, I lost 13 pounds and was right down to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then I stopped. Um, and, and then I think it's a common problem that a lot of people have is that we eat more than what we think. You, you think a serving, you look at calories, you look at a serving size and it says, you know, a tablespoon of, a tablespoon of peanut butter is 180 calories. And they take a tablespoon and they heap it and they put it on their whatever. And they don't really take in the level measure a tablespoon and realize how much a tablespoon really is. So I think when I stopped tracking in my fitness pal, I stopped measuring as accurately. Um, I still have the scale. I still have everything. Um, But again, my body's changed. I've aged. um, And I've also been doing heavy lifts for... Oh, let's see, you're probably coming in on four years now. So my body is now also acclimated to hard work in the gym. I follow Jim, Jim Stepani's workout plans. Generally, I'm in the gym in the morning before COVID. I would be there from 4.30 until 7 every day. Seldom okay. took a rest day. So my body's really used to being pushed in hard work. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I always say that like the the earth shattering or paradigm shattering moment for everybody when they first get into macros is when you measure or weigh a serving of peanut butter and you realize just how sad <laughs> it actually is um, because that is like the one thing that if you try to eyeball I can pro and it's and it's very um, calorically dense so it's one of oh, those yeah. eye-opening <laughs> moments where you're like this can't possibly be a tablespoon um, so when you actually you know measure it and, and put it on the scale and you weigh out you know 16 grams or 32 grams of peanut butter it it is definitely a moment that most people will remember <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think that that's, you know, from an awareness standpoint, I love macros for that reason. I think that it helps us gain an awareness of portion sizes and to start to understand how our body feels with different macronutrient levels. Um, you know, looking at your split that you were on, the fact that you were lifting heavy and you were in the gym that long and only on 100 grams of carbs, um, I'm wondering if you noticed any sort of fatigue or if your energy was low or if you felt like your um, workout suffered or anything like that because you know in a heavy lifting type of program with that amount of time in the gym um, your your carbohydrate requirement would be um, you know significantly higher than that as far as uh, just supporting the type of training that you're doing in your recovery um, so I'm curious if you noticed anything from a biofeedback standpoint as far as uh, recovery goes energy levels sleep uh, performance in the gym anything like that with your carbohydrate level at that at that 100 grams Generally, when you put me in the gym, it's pretty hard to tie me down. I'm kind of a, I'm really a gym rat. So um, I never really had any like lack of energy in the gym. It was after the gym where I would start to get, I would start to get tired. Literally, if you sat me down at night, um, like I would get up, I get up, my first alarm goes off at three. So I'd get up at three, I'd be in bed by eight or eight thirty. Um, if you sat me down on the couch after dinner and didn't stimulate me mentally, I was out, I was out like a light, like literally within seconds, I would fall asleep. Um, but as far as performance in the gym, I didn't generally have a problem performing and pushing in the gym. It was my, at my outside life after the gym that, that suffered because I would sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's interesting because, you know, we see that pretty frequently. Um, our bodies are very smart in that they're going to prioritize the most energy demanding activity that we're doing. So, which is often why we see, you know, situations where um, females might lose their menstrual cycle or there'd be some sort of irregularity um, when because of the fact that um, that's an energy demanding process, but the performance. Um, so we see this with athletes all the time where and I had actually done that actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah with, with a former, a former trainer had my caloric intake restricted to, um, and I don't know what his certs were, but I'm suspecting not certified trainer. Um, he did negative accentuated training and he had me on a limited intake of only a thousand calories a day. Um, and after two cycles of six weeks, I went amenorrheic yeah. because of it. Yeah, exactly. So our bodies are, are very smart and they want to keep us alive. And, um, you know, they're going to prioritize the uh, energy for getting you through the gym. So it might not impact performance, um, but then we definitely see it show up in other areas like, um, you know, you're not going to move as much throughout the day. You're going to be more fatigued. Um, you know, loss of your cycle is, is usually the first thing that goes because our body's trying to preserve as much energy outside of that training that we're doing. Um, so it's, it's just a survival mechanism and, 
um, something that we see pretty frequently. Um, so now, you know, you talked about doing some intermittent fasting and that you enjoy that. Um, you know, is that something that you feel like it works well with your schedule and just something that's easy to adhere to? Do you find that it helps you with uh, managing hunger? Uh, what's, is it just a, a personal preference? What's your, um, your take on the time-restricted feeding? Um, I actually seem to, I really seem to like it. Uh, it's, it's a little difficult um, with kids around um, sometimes because they snack, um, but my kids are teens and they understand if mom says she's done eating, she's done eating. Um, but I really like the feeling of what they call like running empty in the morning. Mm-hmm. I generally don't eat my first, uh, my first meal until 1231 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, and I really like that. I've always lifted fasted. So that doesn't affect my lifting. It's the the fact that because I'm trying to build muscle, um, the the fueling or refeeding afterwards is a bit of a challenge. That doesn't really fit with the fasting schedule that I currently was using. So I'll probably have to, you know, when the gym's back open, open back up, shift, try to shift my feeding schedule, which is going to be a little bit more of a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious if you've taken the personality assessment. No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I can say with relative certainty that you're a 1B. Um, I sense the dopamine dominance. Um, so just from like personality characteristics, uh, you'd be more of like a lead by example type of person, more extroverted, um, you know, kind of like to do multiple things at once because you like the like mental, mental stimulation and mental challenge of having to do different tasks. Like you get bored if you're just focused on one single thing. Uh, (laughs) So, um, and then as far as lifting goes, you prefer like more intensity, you know, kind of winning the workout, lifting heavier, getting stronger, that sort of thing. Um, Um, and so that's kind of, you know, for your personality type, which I can, um, could tell pretty quickly that that's where you would fall. Although I'd like to see, uh, with the personality assessment, how you score across all the profiles, but I'm, uh, 99% confident that your dominant profile would be a one B. Does that sound pretty accurate on the description? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd have to, I'd have to look, um, but I'm definitely, I definitely like to be challenged. I definitely like to be multitasked. I don't like to be like idle. Um, mm-hmm. in the gym, the gym, it is definitely push, push, push. Um, I'm definitely a builder and mm-hmm. um, do drop sets, supersets, extended sets, giant sets. That, that's me. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And then that fits, you know, the, the intermittent fasting also fits your profile very nicely. That's something that, um, that feeling and it, if we want to get, you know, super technical about it, it's actually that, uh, the neuroadrenaline increase that you get from being fasted, um, will actually potentiate you. So for type one B's, um, that's typically what we see. You like that feeling, that running on empty feeling that you mentioned, um, that can actually give you increased focus and, and mental clarity. So um, we typically see that with uh, with that you know personality type that works well um, from uh, you know from an eating schedule. Um, so let's start to talk more specifics about your training. Um, so you mentioned, you know, before everything went down and we were, you know, gyms were shut down, you were doing, um, Jim Stepani. What's your typical training split as far as how many days per week and how long each session, um, would last and then how intense each session is. And then we'll talk about what your current schedule is like. Okay. So, um, the current plan that I'm on from Jim Stepani was his one that he released in February, his OPP, mm-hmm. and it is definitely geared towards building. Um, this one is a little bit different in that 
um, the his because it's the OPP format where what I'd done before was supersets and extendeds. He hits one a muscle group really hard um, every well each day, and you're it's supposed to be um, six days on with only one rest day. Um, and I, I really don't do well with rest days. I don't generally take them. Mm-hmm. I just eliminate them and move on to the next workout because that's just, I, I really need the endorphin fix to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love, I love the gym. Most of my, most of my lift days um, truly and honestly started at four o'clock, four thirty in the morning at the latest four fifteen to four thirty. And I didn't leave until seven and they're not like social, social visits. My first um, thing I would do is cause I never lift cold as I would do some sort of a cardio um, warm up. It could be running backwards on the treadmill. It could be running forwards on the treadmill. It could be a combination of, um, but then I'd move into um, the, the lift of the day. And if I got done with the lift of the day, which isn't pretty typical with his programs, they're pretty they're pretty long. Then I would add in other um, I call them weights with cardio or cardio with weights, mm-hmm. kettlebell kettlebell snatches or you know tricep pulley crossovers where you're on a bashu ball pulling um, weighted straps from the pulley system. Um, and my goal was always to go heavier, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or build you know another wrap drop another plate. So. Yeah. They're I'm, pretty intense. Yeah. I'm very convinced that you're a one B now. That makes perfect sense <laughs> as far as like the workouts, the no rest days, all of that. Um, so I think that um, that helps. And then how have you had to adjust uh, your training schedule now with, uh, with you know, being quarantined and coronavirus? It's been, it's been honestly a struggle. Um, I did, I, I was gifted two years ago Christmas from a good friend, I was gifted a 45 pound weighted bar with some free weights and, um, he's letting me borrow a bench. So I've mustered through with that. Um, I have also ordered a few things that are slowly trickling in the last of which is supposed to arrive today because I just am not surviving well as I ordered a pulley system. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it will get better really fast. Um, but I have gone to, the local high school and run the stadium steps. I have a, a workout plan that's it's all cardio, but it's um, works the posterior chain as well as as cardio itself. Where I run ten laps at each set of steps, just literally one step at a time. Then slow down to two steps at a time, and then three steps at a time. So that works more your glute and hands, mm-hmm. and it's less of a cardio and engages core. So um, that, and I've been able to do some of the Stepani workouts with what I have here with the barbells and, and free weights. Um, but I don't, I don't do well without, without the, <laughs> without the endorphins of yeah. lifting and without the, it's, I'm very goal driven. So, yeah, um, sure. this is a real struggle for me. <laughs> and how many days a week are you averaging now? Um, I'm still getting some sort of a workout in every day. Um, okay. unfortunately I'm, all, I'm also doing some, um, stump removal in my house or in my yard. So pickaxe is a really good way to remove stumps. If you're trying to get a cardio workout, <laughs> actually a full body workout. Yeah, um, and sure. um, so I'm still doing something every day, just not the intensity that I'm used to. And it, okay. it is quite honestly driving me a bit nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, so as far as like outside of your training or just like, 
you know, yard work, that sort of thing. Um, are you, when you're working, um, are you sitting most of the time or is it more? Oh yes, this is, this is, you're actually at my desk. Okay. I have, um, like, like the person we spoke about earlier, um, our job is very sedentary. We're pretty much at a laptop all day long. Okay. All right. That helps. Um, and then as far as stress goes, how would you, I know it's um, sometimes hard, difficult to gauge, but as far as just looking at overall stress of your job, stress of your daily life, is it, do you kind of consider yourself a pretty low stress person or where, how would you rank? Rate um, I'd say currently I'm a pretty high stress person okay. between, between my job and then being a, a widowed mom of two almost adult kids who fight constantly. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> the gym was my go-to for everything. Yeah. My, yeah. my Facebook page uh, has a title underneath it. That's uh, reduce the stress, reuse the, the negativity and cr- recycle to create a new me. That, that's me. I love it. All right. Um, all right. So with your nutrition currently, um, you mentioned you're kind of just doing the intermittent fasting. You're no longer tracking. What does a typical day of eating look like? Um, a typical day of eating for me starts out with, um, I generally do three soft boiled eggs and, um, an orange, like a navel orange mm-hmm. and, and green beans. I have, I have some limitations in that I also have a lot of food allergies, so I can't mm-hmm. eat, I can't do a lot of processed carbs. Um, and I can't do wheat or gluten. Dairy yeah. is also not good. So um, my carbs generally come in, a, in plant form a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I'll do the green beans. I'll do some green beans and um, a navel orange. And then later in the day, um, I'll do some sort of a protein, whether it be cod fillets that are just like steamed with some spices on it or chicken breast. Um, or recently it's been turkey because we've had turkey. I try to go with leaner meats Mm -hmm. Um, and then I may throw in some sweet potato, um, some spinach and maybe some um, broccoli, depending on, it depends on what fresh veggies I have, but generally a protein source and veggies. And if I'm going to cut out on any meal with carbs, it would be in my midday meal. Try to Mm -hmm. focus carbs during times when I can burn them or use them as fuel. Mm Mm-hmm. And then dinner time again would be more protein and then definitely like a sweet potato or um, I found that there's a a cornmeal that I can mix up with some um, non-dairy milk and and make like a, I don't want to say a mush, but like a little cornbread type thing that I'll put in at dinner time. All right. Awesome. So you eat really well as far as food quality goes. Um, do you typically stick with three meals and then are there any snacks thrown in there? Um, I typically stick with three meals, although like when I'm lifting, I will drink um, if, if I can. When, well, I shouldn't say if I can, but before I did the intermittent fasting and I wasn't trying to do fasting in the morning, I would put a protein drink in the morning when I'm lifting. Okay. Um, right now I'm not. Uh, okay. Typically, typically I don't do a lot of snacking unless my sugar drops. And then if my sugar drops, I don't really have a choice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and talk to me about what your number one goal is right now. What are you trying to accomplish? I would like to lean down. Okay. And, and I'm, it, while I'm still trying to build. So those two things I know are very difficult to do. Yes. Um, but I, I won't give up building <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I, and I would like to slowly, and, and that was my goal, not to like have massive rapid 
weight loss, um, but to slowly lean down. Yeah. And I'm not a huge one to, to step on the scale every day because I have a history many, many moons ago of um, dealing with anorexia. Okay. And so I don't like to get geared in the let's check the numbers every day. Right. I, I do more look at my physique in the mirror. You know, abs are a real good measure of, as well, I'm sure you're, you're well aware of a pound or two drop when you see abs disappear or come or appear. Yeah, for sure. The the progress picks can tell us a lot. And I agree um, with sometimes uh, disconnecting from, from the scale can be a positive thing. Um, and like you mentioned, leaning out and, and, you know, kind of losing fat and then building muscle. Well, yes, it can technically happen simultaneously when you're more on the advanced side, like you've been lifting for a long time and, um, you know, you, you kind of are at that point where I like to break them up in phases, especially because, uh, we don't want to live in a deficit, you know, understanding that we don't want to, uh, constantly be sending that signal to our bodies that we're, we're going to be, you know, depriving ourselves, we're going to be going less and less and less. And um, you can run out of real estate pretty quickly and our bodies are very adaptive by nature. So I like to phase those things. And I like to actually set the, the um, kind of expectation that we should really be uh, not dieting most of the time um, and taking a specific period of time where we're going to, all right, we're going to focus on these next eight or 12 weeks or whatever it may be to really lean out um, and then I love what you said about always wanting to build because there's never a bad time to try to build muscle. Um, even when we're trying to get leaner, if our mindset is let's build muscle through this process, even though it might not happen, we're more likely to maintain the muscle that we do have and the same type of um, emphasis and intention that we put into our workouts, um, it's going to help through the process when we're actually trying to get leaner, um, if that makes sense. So, uh, you know, and then as you, sh you shift out of, uh, you know, the kind of dieting phase or cutting phase or whatever you want to call it, um, and then we get into maintenance and, and try to actively build some muscle, um, that's just going to help for, you know, boosting your metabolism, your hormonal profile, uh, your mindset to just not have to focus on restricting and, and allow your body to restore homeostasis and, um, you know, get to a point where, where you're feeling good. And then, uh, and then it's like, we kind of rinse that cycle again. If, if you decide, you know what, I'd like to get even more, you know, I'd get to like to get leaner. I'd like to go through another phase. Well, now we've set you up in a position where we can easily make that happen. Um, does that make sense? It does. Okay, cool. Um, so as far as where you're at right now, um, not really, you know, tracking or doing intermittent fasting. Um, I'm assuming that you're not seeing the result that you want. Is that correct? Like your, uh, your goal is to lean out, but what you're currently doing is, is not getting you there. Right. And, and I know what my issue is. It's, it's the snacking at night with kids, but I also want help to try to get back. Um, you know, kids aren't snacking now or I'm not snacking with kids, but I still feel like I could use some nutritional help and guidance. Um, mm -hmm. cause I'm frustrated yeah. and you get, back and, and and I also don't have the knowledge that you obviously have. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that helps. Um, and now as far as like personal preference, I want to go back to that. Are there any foods that you enjoy that, you know, might not be the best from a nutrient standpoint, but you just enjoy because 
they're tasty or because you just like them or, um, or as far as like alcohol or anything like that, um, whether it be you like to have pizza on occasion or you like to have a cookie on occasion or you like to have a drink here and there, um, anything like that as far as just an overall like gives you some, some enjoyment in your life that you, want, that you would want to be able to incorporate? Well, I do, I do like peanut butter. Um, and as a, I, I shouldn't eat it much cause my body doesn't really care for it, but I do like it. And I'll, and I'll incorporate Baker's cocoa with that sometimes to make, cause I like a bittersweet chocolate. I don't mm-hmm. like milk chocolate. So on occasion when I have like intense sweet cravings, which I will on occasion, I'll take some peanut butter and some Baker's cocoa and then, um, either a little bit of honey or, um, monk fruit sweetener and put that in there. And that'll be my sweet fix on okay. my high fat fix. <laughs> That's pretty easy to, to incorporate. Um, and as far as tracking goes, is that something that you don't like doing that you're okay getting back to where you would, you know, I'm okay tell- getting back to it, but it has to be something that's like user friendly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I haven't done the premium, my fitness pal. And I don't know if you use an app other than my fitness pal. Um, but something it's basically what deterred me from that is when they changed from being basic, my fitness pal to premium, I felt like it changed the basic plan so that it was no longer user friendly or yeah. as user friendly. And when, when was the last time that you tried using it? Gosh, it's been probably a couple of years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So I think that, um, through some of the upgrades, because uh, I know what you were talking about when that transition happened, but I think that they've um, gotten better. That's what I use, and it just um, for me, uh, it, it's it's pretty easy now. I think that they've done a good job with some of the upgrades. Um, so I would encourage you to just get back in there and and see if you like it. Not necessarily that you have to do it, um, but just see if you find it a little bit easier to navigate now since um, it's been a little while. Uh, okay. And there's other. Um, I haven't used them, but there's other apps out there um, like My Macros Plus is one of them. And there's a couple others that I can't think of off the top of my head um, that other people use and, and seem to uh, enjoy. So there's there's definitely options. I just wanted to get a sense for what your feeling is on tracking in general. Um, if it's something that you feel like uh, you're okay with, that you feel like it would be helpful, or if you're like, you know what, I just want to do this um, more intuitively and, and really stay away from the numbers or some combination of both because that's there's always you know uh, the opportunity to track some days and not track others so um, right what's, what's your general thoughts there I actually like tracking it did get at one point when I was so intensely tracking that like I, I got I found it really frustrating after I'd been doing it for a while and um, I don't remember if that was right around the time where excuse me they did the upgrades or not it might have been um, and that's ultimately what led me to stop, but I'd be actually, I'd be open to doing it again. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, just to try and get a sense for what, where you're currently at, I think it would help, um, just based off of what you've told me, just kind of like doing some quick mental math, like having, you know, three eggs in the morning, um, with your orange green beans, like, you know, you're kind of looking right around 
20 grams of protein, um, each egg having six grams, and then having like the protein veggies and sweet potato for lunch, probably another, depending on the, you know, the portion size of protein, probably another 20 to 25 grams. Um, and then the same thing with dinner. So right off the bat, you know, we're, we're a little bit low on the protein side of things. Um, you know, you did mention having a protein drink if you were working out, so that would help. Um, but I think that, you know, ultimately, even if we looked at having the protein shake, plus the three meals that are averaging around 20 to 25 grams. At best, I would say we're probably like around 100, maybe a little bit higher, um, 100 to 120 grams of protein per day at best. Um, you know, for you, especially given um, your personality type, you would feel a lot better on higher protein. And you mentioned when you were doing the macro counting that you were at um, close to 160 grams of protein when you're actually tracking. Um, I think the issue with that split was just that your carbs were really low. Um, so I'd actually like to build you up to higher protein and a little bit higher carbs and have your fats more moderate. Um, so, you know, 75 was probably, I think, given how low your carbs were, that made sense. But I think you'd actually feel a lot better if we got to a higher protein little bit higher carbs. So, you know, ideally getting up into that 150 range. And then when you get back to your normal workout schedule, I think you could even push a little bit higher than that. Um, but I think that, you know, to begin with, we're coming from probably a place of lower calories that your body has already adapted to. Um, and there's not really a lot to pull from here. I think that just getting some consistency around what you're doing as far as like, you know, with the snacking and, and that sort of thing. Um, if we just account for what's happening and start to track and see um, where those numbers are falling, I think we'll have a much better picture of what direction we need to go. Um, but ideally, um, since you're probably around 100 to 120 grams of protein per day, I, I don't want to jump you all the way up to like 160. I think that would be too big of a leap. Um, I'd like to start somewhere like around 135 grams of protein, which, okay. you know, I think would be more realistic. Um, and then as far as like where your, your carbs are, you're probably, you know, pretty low, um, given that, you know, maybe an orange sweet potato with, with a couple meals. So, you know, really probably in that still in that hundred gram range, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so again, I don't like to make huge leaps, um, just because I like to start where you're at and kind of tackle this, uh, from a minimal effective dose perspective. Um, you know, it's like trying to take somebody from zero to a hundred doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, I'd probably set you right around 130 grams of carbs so that we can just get an idea of, of how comfortable that is for you. If you start to feel better, if you notice that it's challenging to hit and, and what your body is telling us. Um, and then as far as setting fats, I would put them uh, right at 60 grams. And that would give us a really nice starting point to, to assess um, and see how your body responds to that. The ultimate goal um, would be we kind of increase protein first. Um, the reason for that is that you want to build muscle, and that's obviously going to be an important part of the process. Um, also, from a neurological standpoint, being dopamine dominant, higher protein is going to increase dopamine production. Um, that's something that you'll you'll notice um, from a, a mood perspective. You'll start to feel a little bit more, um, just more alert. You'll start to feel more motivated, although I hate to use the word motivation, but that's the best way to describe it. Just like naturally um, more motivated, 
Uh, so you'll start to see things from a neurological perspective that will be beneficial from a little bit higher protein. Um, and then we'll see kind of how your, your body changes. I think you would notice some positive body comp body composition changes as we start to get the protein up. And then as we start to match your carbs with your training intensity. So right now, you know, since you're not doing the normal, like real heavy lifting, um, you know, not spending as much time in the gym, given the circumstances, the carb needs, since you have a sedentary job, it's not going to be as high as when things get back to normal. So I think right now finding like a nice spot where, um, you know, you feel pretty good, your energy's good and we start to see some body comp changes. And then once things normalize, um, then we can start to, you know, push the carbs a little bit higher, prioritizing them around training. So, you know, adding some carbs to your post-workout shake. Um, and then that way, you know, you start to feel better, like we're prioritizing the post-workout recovery window. Um, and really, it's just, you know, there's not this like magical timing that needs to happen. Um, it's just from a mindset perspective, um, since you mentioned like wanting to use carbs when you're going to burn them off. Um, that's something that, you know, just from a mindset perspective, it doesn't, it makes sense to just stick with the timing that feels best for you. Um, because okay. we always want to think through the lens of, you know, consistency, how easy right. is this to adhere to? Um, so that's what I always try and look at. You know, I, I think that it makes sense to start to prioritize some of the carbs around training just to make you feel better about it. Um, and then once you start noticing the body comp changes, then that'll help you kind of buy into the process even more as we kind of shift towards the next phase, which would be like getting protein up a little bit higher and then getting carbs up as your workout intensity scales back up when things normalize. Um, does that kind of make sense? It does. Yep. Okay. It does. Cool. Um, and is that something that you're, you're open to trying getting back oh, into yeah. the macro? I'm I'm open to try anything. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm so, pretty flexible. <laughs> so I'd love for you to just like start getting, you know, if, if my fitness pal still isn't working for you, I can recommend some other, um, some other applications that might be more user friendly for you. Um, I, I, the only one I can think of is my macros plus, but I'll, I'll look at, I know there's a couple others that people enjoy. So I'll send those over to you as well. And then we'll start just like, start tracking and start trying to target. This doesn't need to be exact, but just to give you some form of like guidelines um, to hit around 135 protein, 130 grams of carbs and around 60 grams of fat. Um, and I want to see how you respond over like the next seven days. Um, okay. So, you know, just follow up with me um, next week and just shoot me an update on how that process has been going. Um, I'll ask a bunch of questions at that point so I get a, a better sense. Um, but I think that this will be just getting more consistency around, um, you know, what you're doing. And then, you know, like I said, trying to get the protein up and um, getting things more in alignment with your activity and your training and your personality type. So I think you'll start to see some really positive changes. Okay. Now, um, you mentioned a personality test. Where do I find the link to that? Do you have it that you can? Yes, I can, I can send that to you. I'll, I'll tag you in the Facebook post. Um, it's the okay. first post that's like the, the pinned post at the top of our group that you can just click on. Um, but okay. I will tag you in that so you see where the link is. And then, um, then you can let me know if I was right about your, your personality type. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm very interested to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just as far as like your confidence level and being able to execute that, where would you say on a scale of one to 10? Um, if 10 being the, the top, I would T say that I'm probably about nine and a half, 10. I, awesome. I can do it. All right. 
Perfect. I love to hear that. Um, cool. Do you have any questions for me? Um, I just have one question. You were saying that um, you think that I'm dopamine dominant, dominant and a type um, 1B. Yep. Um, would that explain why? Like, there are days when I just crave protein like crazy. Does that like fit in? Absolutely. Like, I, okay. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah I, I don't crave sweets as much as I crave protein. Like, give me some meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's very common. Um, so with dopamine dominance, what that means is that you have low levels of dopamine at rest, but your dopamine system is very sensitive to any increase in dopamine, which is why you're very goal-oriented. So accomplishing a goal is going to give you a dopamine spike, which the reward center in your brain is very sensitive, so you get potentiated by that. It gives you that, that pleasure response, that reward response that, that you want. Um, and so protein um, will actually favor, and we're going to just kind of nerd out for a second, will favor oh, the good. transport. <laughs> of, um, so it's going to favor the transport of the amino acid L-tyrosine, which is actually a precursor to dopamine. So for somebody who craves that dopamine hit, um, have you know, wanting higher protein is typically in line with your brain chemistry. It's You, you want that um, increase. And so um, that's where you'll start to notice the... Uh, you know, the craving for, for dopamine, especially because if you're, if you're low and you're not eating as much protein and you already have low dopamine to begin with, um, your body's going to sense that. And our, our bodies are very smart. So it's like, you know, give me what I'm, what I want, which is that increase, you know, you want that, that, uh, L-tyrosine to, um, be transported and then have, you know, the, um, the conversion into dopamine. And, and that's where, uh, you'll start to notice that because your dopamine's low, you're starting to create protein, um, eating high protein is going to increase dopamine. So that's going to give you that, um, that feeling that, that you're, you're kind of seeking, if that makes sense. Right. Makes sense. All right. Any other questions? Nope. Thanks. All right. Well, I appreciate you participating. I hope this was helpful. It was very helpful. All Thank right. You. Great. Um, so we'll follow up. Um, just reach out in about a week and, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Great. Thanks, Mike. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.